0: Here now, let's welcome back one of the most informative and entertaining guests to ever appear on the Yaakov M show. I'm not trying to flatter you there, Moshe. Political columnist Moshe Hill, who joins us to discuss, an, among other topics, an extremely disturbing incident that took place in West Hempstead. And Moshe, you were the MC at a pro-Israel gathering. Tell us what transpired. And it's good to, good, good to have you here.
1: Oh, it's great to be back. Yeah, it's been way too long, but I'm happy to be back here. L- listen, we had this great West Hempstead Solidarity Rally rally yesterday. Um, you know, we, we had a few anti-Semitic incidents in West Hempstead over the last few months. Uh, we're not alone in that. Uh, we had a one on Halloween night, uh, where somebody's, uh, where some kids, uh, uh, used shaving cream and, and wrote, uh, Hitler on, on cars. We had another guy who, who knocked the, um, the Hanukkah menorah in front of the big menorah in front of the Chabad rabbi's house and, and broke, uh, part of it and had a repair. We've had people who have been getting harassed on, on the street. Really terrible. So, so basically, the woman who put this together, really, um, incredible woman, Debbie Ginsburg, she put it together, Solidarity Rally, and it was not just an Israel thing. It was a, which is great, but it's a, it's standing against hate. We had, uh, Rabbanim, the local Rabbanim, we had, um, pastor, we had a, a priest, you know, we had local politicians, an excellent thing. And only after that whole thing was over, and everything was over, I saw the videos of of the I wouldn't even call them counter protesters. I call them cowards, the cowards who don't even have the the decency to show their faces. Yeah. And to make and to, you know, wave their flags and in front of 300, the 300 people who came out there. But they uh, they took pictures of of uh, people who they say were were murdered by Israel Um, And they put them on these like pillows to represent body bags or something and spread spread them with red paint to represent blood. And then they put uh, they put them on benches. And then they said uh, said, and then they put this is the most interesting part. They used uh, the slogans of the left wing Jewish groups. Not in our name or uh, my religion doesn't condone genocide or whatever it is. yeah right the so one on don't
0: tie spells. my religion to genocide and
1: yeah exactly uh, so, so. But the kids yeah, but the kids listen to this, all of them were wearing kafiyas. they they people had a video of them walking away they got a video of them walking away and they're wearing kafiyas and none of them are Jewish none of them look Jewish. they're wearing masks or whatever. That it shows that the left-wing Jews, the anti-Zionist Jews, are giving weapons against Jewish people to their enemies. They're saying, they're saying to their enemies, to the enemies of Jewish people who, who want to see the death of Israel, who want to see the death of every Jew in Israel. They're giving them slogans to put on signs to say, oh, if we pretend that we're Jews, maybe our words will carry more weight with this Jewish crowd. It's despicable.
0: That is very chilling. And to be clear here, you know, because I want to clarify this uh, a couple of levels, but number one, you know, there are a lot of Democrat and left wing Jews who have stood very staunchly in favor of Israel. There's a lot of unity. So I believe I think you'd agree with me that it's a minority. I, you know, I think there are a lot of left wing Jews who we don't agree with on a lot of issues. Who who have woken up and said you know, we're anti Hamas, we're pro-Israel. But there is this Absolutely. Yeah, okay. Very clear. But there is an extremist so I'm minority. About, I'm
1: not talking about the I'm not talking about left wing Jews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, Understood. I know many Democrats, I know many liberal Jews, many Democrats, even uh, a guy in my in my neighborhood who calls himself Democrat Socialist. And we have we have fascinating conversations on Chavez. And uh there, every one of them was at the rally yesterday. The story of that rally yesterday was the show of unity, the show of solidarity that the West Hampstead Jewish community and the West Hempster community at large has with the Jewish people, with the state of Israel, and these cowards, these uh, pathetic cretins doing these stunts? They're not the they're they're forgotten. They make the headlines because it's clickbait. It's 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 a, it's a interesting thing to see, you know, like whatever, because everyone wants to everyone wants to get mad, you know, everyone wants to get yeah. mad. But uh, and this makes you mad. But it's also good to have that feeling of hope and to have that feeling of of love and unity, um, which is what this rally was about.
0: And something that we all need. And if you could describe it a little bit more, you only saw these protesters. and I saw the images of these mock body bags and the bloody, you know, the fake blood and uh, the the, the slogans. You only noticed that after, in other words, during the rally, that that wasn't a disturbance at all.
1: So it wasn't a disturbance at all. So apparently Shomrim, which was there, great guys. All local neighborhood guys, um, the local police, oh, everyone was there. We had Hatzela, local neighborhood guys. I literally, I'm, I, so I was the MC. So I show up, you know, uh, 45 minutes early. You have, uh, the, the hotella guys, all friends of mine, all guys I go to show with, you know, and, uh, show room guys, all friends of mine, all guys I go to show with. And so they're coming, they're looking around, they're taking a look and they found it, they removed it, but they took a picture to show the police. Um, and so I didn't know, that it okay. happen until after it was done. I was so preoccupied with getting the stage set up and, and the sound system. And really I didn't do it. The parks department did all that. Uh Great. Also <laughs> you great get work credit. by them. Uh I don't get the credit, you know, I, I do some <laughs> things. I didn't do that. But uh so, but while an interesting thing, though, while I was speaking um on stage and I was talking about education in the face of ignorance, literally talking about that, talking about truth over lies. And in the far back or on the street, I see a car, it's honking and waving a tiny little Palestinian flag, and they drive by and they're screaming something. I don't even know what they're screaming. And I said, look, that's a perfect example of ignorance. And the crowd didn't even know what I was talking about because I saw because I'm facing the street. And they're <laughs> facing me. And so they didn't know So I was talking about. My people came up and was like, what are you talking about? I was like, oh, there's a car. Whatever, don't worry about it. Um, So... <laughs> But then someone told me that they did see the the person. They said that person inside the car with tinted windows was wearing like a Spider-Man mask. They're such cowards. They really are. They're such, such cowards. They cannot show their faces. Um, It's it's pathetic. And I don't know if you saw any videos from the – they shut down uh, Penn Station tonight. They went to Grand Central Station tonight. The – the son of Elie Wiesel, I believe it was the son of Elie Wiesel, took a video. He was there with an Israeli flag um, around his shoulders, and the people were surrounding him, and he was wearing, not wearing a mask and standing defiantly in the face of all these kids who are masked with sunglasses, with hoods. You can't see a bit of their faces because they're they're cowards, and they have to be called out as such.
0: Incredible. Now, the culprits in, at your particular alley in West Hempstead, any chance they get caught? Any of the footage show any identifying, you know, factors or, uh, or uh, uh, is it a long shot?
1: Um, I don't know uh, uh, what the police have. Uh, all I know is what I saw at the back of their heads. people walking away. Um, you know, it's a, the police have the information. Um, you know, these kind of people, they think they get away with it. They're going to strike again. They're going to get bolder. And uh, hopefully they'll get caught, and they will face the repercussions for trying to um, terrorize the community. And I don't use that word lightly. No, they're trying to terrorize the community. They're trying to it's bully very accurate, us. Uh, and we won't have it. We won't have it.
0: And now on a broader scale, because like you said, I mean, it's no secret. I, this is beyond all comprehension. The 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 scale of this and how quickly it's just surging and exploding, the anti-Semitism in local neighborhoods like yours, like you said, New York City and bigger cities. Are you shocked? I mean, this has obviously been simmering for a long time. We've never seen anything even remotely like this in our lifetimes. And we all find ourselves, especially from Jews, Orthodox Jews, you know, in situations where you're kind of like, people are looking and you're feeling a certain discomfort. And, you know, I've never, ever even remotely felt anything that resembled Nazi Germany. And now... It's unavoidable. We do. You know, I'm not that that's not hyperbole. Um, how shocked are you? Where do you think it goes from here?
1: Yeah, it's it's absolutely insane. You know, it, it reminds me when uh, in 2017, when Trump was elected, you had a couple of sw- people who were spray painting a couple of swastikas around and it was scary. We don't like that. You know, um, they don't know who did it. There were actually some people who were caught who are obviously not Trump supporters. And they were doing it um, to get, you know, a little uh, notoriety or basically blip, t- toss the blame, blame on Trump. Say, oh, the rise of Trump is like uh, Hitler and uh, the rise of Hitler or whatever. You have the one thing in Charlottesville in August of 2017, you know, white supremacist rally. Th- that times uh, 10,000 has been happening since October 7th. Yeah. You have the one thing. They talked about Charlottesville for years They talked about it for years and years and years, and that is happening every single weekend in every city. It is happening every single weekend, week on college campuses, and just because their skin color is not white doesn't mean that they're any better, okay, because that is how the people look at it. They look at, well, they're white, and I'm not white, so I'm fine. Do you know how many people – I've seen how many posts on, on, on X. I'll call it X because I love Elon Musk. You know, he wants to change the name? I'm not gonna argue with him. So <laughs> I have many posts on yeah. how many posts on X I see, which is I'm looking at two groups of of protesters, and one is comprised of of, of colored uh, uh, of people of color and one is comprised of white people, and so I'm gonna go with the one with people of color. And it doesn't matter to the to them what the But the messages or what the background is, it is this broken oppressor, oppressed dynamic that is taught on college campuses, which is the stupidest possible way of teaching about conflict. It is the dumbest possible thing that there's an oppressor and oppressed and you always have to side with the oppressed. That is insane. That's insane. You know, and and that is being seen everywhere on college campus and the only way to fix it the only way to fix it is to put in the generational work undoing the damage that the generational work of the left did they've been working on this since the 60s they've been doing this for 60 years
0: yeah no pushing, show. This,
1: yeah. pushing this pushing this no 100 and we cannot it's not gonna get done in a weekend
0: no, it's not. And you nailed it. You literally nailed it. Victor Davis Hanson made this point. You know, he said, you know, "How does it get to this? How does it get to this where people are supporting the terrorists? They're the cl- the clear cut victims, innocent, innocent victims, upstanding, wonderful people, children, babies, and you have these college campuses, uh, masses of of droves of hordes of people." And Victor Davis Davis Hanson said it so well. He's exactly what you're saying. He echoed this. He said. Because their morality has been replaced by the oppressor and the the oppressed. If you describe your define your morality in in that one dimension, that one pitiful dimension of there's the victim and the oppressor, and and suddenly the Jews are the oppressor, Hamas is is the victim. It's the only possible way. And 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 like you said, virtually only because of skin color or minority status or some or, or some superficial thing like that. It it, it it it's chilling. But you're right. It has to kind of like be rooted out. We're talking with Moshe Hill, uh, our our favorite guest. Uh, of of uh, by far. Now I have like six or seven favorite guests, but you're tied. But uh, but no, you're 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 way (laughs) up there, and you're amazing. And I do want to mention we're going to get to a bunch of things. We're going to get to uh the special election to replace George Santos. We are going to get to the Trump stuff in the primaries because a lot of exciting things. And I'm desperate to hear your take. And it's been a long time since we've spoken. And we're going to have some fun too, even though we're discussing some serious matters right now. So we will get to all of that. Um, but sticking with Israel for a moment. Uh, What do you think about President Biden's stance on Israel, on the war against Hamas? And you know where I'm going to go with this here. He's shown the verbal support in in the beginning for sure. They haven't given a dime to Israel yet because they politicized that, Uh, by the way, on both sides of the aisle. Um, and then you have this uh, speech that Biden gave at this private fundraiser where uh, he said these nasty things about Bibi Netanyahu, and he said some bizarre things, which we'll get to in a moment. United States shouldn't have, have responded by uh, invading Afghanistan after 9-11. I'm amazed that he's not getting more flack for that. Um, and, and in general, he's been much more, he's put a lot more pressure on Israel. Um, so I'm curious what you think about, cause Biden got a lot of support in the beginning, everybody talking about how you know, he's been such a friend of Israel. What are your thoughts?
1: I mean, I know a lot of people gave Biden a lot of credit very in the beginning. Um, I was not one of those people. I mean, I, unfortunately, like I have no faith in Biden as a person. Um, or as a president, I don't think he is running the country. Um, I don't think he is running his own policies. I think that he may have a visceral reaction. I mean, the guy is 81 years old. Um, he is, I, I, I actually joked. I have five people in my family, you know, between my wife and my kids. And on the last night of Hanukkah, I said, when all the candles are lit, I said, we're almost halfway to as many candles as Biden has on his birthday cake. <laughs> almost there. <laughs> We had, we had 40 candles lit and we got – you know um if you count the shamash then it's uh then it's a little over halfway like that he's so old he's so old and um he i don't think he's running anything i think that he has a visceral um pro-ish israel you know because he does have that ingrained in the from the ni- 80s, 90s whatever but don't forget, this is the guy who um, called out Menachem Begin and Menachem Begin gave his famous do not I am not a Jew with trembling knees speech. It was to Biden. OK, in, in 1987 or whatever it was. Um, Interesting. Don't quote me on the year. But it was that was the, he was the guy that Menachem Begin had yelled at because the because Biden said, I'm going to cut off your funding. I'm gonna cut his and vegans like do not threaten to cut off our funding. We're not Jews with trembling knees, you know. Like that was the whole thing. Look it up if you don't know the speech. It's an incredible speech. And it was wow. Biden. So Biden. So Biden has a long history, and Biden has been wrong on every foreign um, policy issue in his entire career. He's never been right on foreign policy. So I'm very nervous. about including, actually,
0: including he told Obama not to invade bin Laden's compound and, and not to not, exactly. to not to assassinate bin Laden. He even got that wrong.
1: It, he got that wrong. He gets everything wrong. Then there's the whole Iran of it all. So everyone's talking about the six billion that uh, he let go. Not, no one really talks about the 50 to 100 billion that uh, he allowed yes. when, when he allowed when he were lifted sanctions. He removed the, um, the terrorist status from the Houthis in Yemen. Um, he did that to, last year as a precursor to probably removing the um, the status on other terrorist organizations. He's never got around to it, but he removed that. And now, what are they doing? You know, in in uh, in Yemen, the Houthis are are now getting rid of um, uh, hitting all these all these shippings, all these shipping containers. It is absolutely insane. So Biden, I have never had much faith in him or his leadership. What I do want to Commend is John Kirby. John Kirby is very good. And I love Biden, Kirby. He's John Kirby. Yeah, listen. Here's the problem with there. The problem with Biden's administration in general is they're so flip-floppy. They're so wishy-washy. And I and what I think they want is for them to say, "Oh no, we're pro-Israel." Look at John Kirby, and then they say to the left. Oh no, we're we're putting uh, things on Israel. Look at Jake Sullivan, and then it's a great they wanna, analysis. They want to have it both ways. Excellent they analysis. They want to have it both ways. Thank you. And they want to have it both ways. And you know what's actually happening is they're having neither way because what they're showing to the world is how flip floppy they are. It's and it is is making the world a more dangerous place. And so I could honestly like what Biden says publicly is is fodder for me. Like I use it because it is relevant, but it's just a piece of the problems that are going on. You know, it is not the it, it, as opposed to other presidents whose word was law. You know, uh, you know if Trump said something, people would massage it a little bit. But when he gave the order, he gave the order. When Obama gave the order, he gave the order. When Bush gave the order, he gave the order. When Clinton gave the order, he gave the order. When Biden gives the order, what order is he giving? You know, is he doing like is he giving orders? They can't even go after a bunch of pirates in in, in uh, the Red Sea, in you know, uh, with the Houthi pirates. They can't even do that. We have no commander in chief. It's absolutely insane.
0: Absolutely right. No commander in chief, none whatsoever. And yeah, he's he he, he built Iran up into this huge terror machine. Hundreds hundred million dollars. He he is he is he's so dangerous. And his foreign policy and the Obama Biden doctrine on foreign policy has empowered Iran, made them a nuclear superpower. He's a total disaster. Agreed, 100%. And uh, and yeah, but we love John Kirby. John Kirby's been amazing. All right, we got to segue. I got to segue into the lighter stuff here, Moshe, because you and I have too much fun together, and this is very serious stuff. So... Uh, speaking of Biden, any truth to the rumor that you were behind the wheel of the car that slammed into the Biden motorcade?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, I don't like it. I have an alibi. I was I'm, I'm in New York. I uh I was far away. Do you think um, it might have been Paul it.
0: Pelosi because it was somebody who was a DUI?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Paul Pelosi Paul Pelosi's having too many people over to his house. You know, uh, he's, he's got too much stuff going on there. It's going running in DUIs, you know. Now that, yeah, now that Nancy Pelosi isn't the Speaker of the House anymore, you know, uh, Paul Pelosi doesn't get as much, uh, <laughs> no. doesn't get as much slack. And the other, much fun. the other
0: question, have you held any holiday parties, for, you know, that exclusively for non-whites? And and if yes, did you remember <laughs> only to email, not not to email any white, did you see this? She's like... I apologize. I am sorry. Are you sorry because you are racist? No, I'm sorry
1: that I accidentally sent the email to the white people too. This is yes, nuts. That was a mistake. They, <laughs> even when she's admitting there was a mistake, the only mistake was where the email field was. You can't make this stuff brilliant. up. It's 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 incredible because this is, goes back to the oppressor oppressed matrix we were talking about. You know, they're like, no, no, we're people of color. We're we're oppressed. There's nothing we could do. That's that's. It's not racist. They don't view it as racist. They, it can't, it doesn't hit their mind that it's an, it's a wrong thing to do. And that's what's broken in the system. That's what's broken in the mentality. It's that they don't even realize that they're racist. It's so, they tr-
0: don't. It, it's so it, true. It, yeah. It's, so, you know, it's so true. And I said this about the, um, you know, the Ivy League presidents and that whole fiasco. And we could talk about that forever. But what I said was even if, they're so anti-Semitic that they actually think it's OK, you know, to 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 chant about genocide and like they think genocide is context dependent. But like to say it, to be such in a bubble and to be so removed from reality that you say it, it when the whole world is watching you in Congress, that just shows you that they are completely removed from reality. Their whole world is is an alternate universe.
1: Yeah. And the, the funny thing is. If they just said yes, if they just said yes, it's a call for genocide. Guess what? There are no headlines. Yeah, it doesn't go viral. Yeah, no one hears it because how many? There are congressional hearings all day, every single day, and only a, a, a tenth of a percentage of it gets out and goes viral and public. And that's the stuff when people say the crazy things. And if they said something not crazy. No one on Harvard would have heard it. No one at MIT would have heard it. No one at Penn would have heard it. No student students would be like, oh, we found this thing. We found this clip on C-SPAN. But come on. But the fact that they said it, the fact that they couldn't admit that calling for the genocide of Jews is something that is going to be condemned by their own speech codes, which yeah. of which they have a myriad of speech codes, they – that's what made it go viral. Yeah. That's what made it popular. Excellent point. think a sketch on SNL. And SNL screwed up the sketch. Oh, my God. That pissed me off more. <laughs> all the jokes. Are you sure? Call call for the genocide of Jews. Fine. Whatever. But messing up a rich, rich joke laden sketch like that, that bothered me even more.
0: <laughs> uh, all right. Let's move on. Special election. It's uh, George Santos, I should say. Is out of yeah. course. He's been banished from Congress. Uh, now we got a special election in your neck of the woods. Tell me about that.
1: Yes. So unfortunately, I cannot vote for this particular special election because I am not uh, in the third congressional district. I'm in the fourth congressional well, district. Right. Well, you're close. I'm very fortunate to have very close, very close. But I, I'm fortunate to have Anthony D'Esposito as my congressman. He's a great congressman. He's putting forward great legislation in favor of of um Israel and Jewish people um I- including he put up a resolution that, uh, condemning the phrase from the river to the sea palestine will be free um i'm not sure where that is right now but i digress this um special election is going to be covering uh the north shore of, of uh, long island part a little bit of queens um of the great neck jewish community um is going to be very big on this so spread this around if you're listening to this podcast in great neck Make sure everyone you know votes uh, for Mazi Pillip. Mazi is a Ethiopian born is, uh, Israeli Jew. She came over to Israel in Operation Solomon. Um, she was brought, she went to Israel made Aliyah. She was raised in Israel. She, um, she considers Israel her, her one true home. She said, My home found me. Um, and this is what she said on the rally following October 7th in the big Eisenhower Park rally. She was speaking. She's the most incredible, passionate person um, on that stage. Honestly, she's a rock star on the GOP in Nassau County. Um, she's a paratrooper. She was a paratrooper in the IDF. Wow. She's, uh, she yeah, she's uh, no joke. She really is no joke. Um, she has, I think, seven kids. Um, she's uh, living in Great Neck. She is a, uh, a county legislator. She was the vice president of her shul, uh, she was the, then she became a county legislator with really the goal. The, the intention was to fight back against the anti-Semitism that she was seeing in 2021. She ran and she was the county legislator for, um, that area of, of Great Neck. And then she won her reelection by, I think, 20 points. Um, they love her over there. Um, and, uh, she's going to be a great addition to Congress. She really is. Um, now, who's she running against? against? Swazi? Uh, Yeah, Tom Suozzi is is He's very popular. He is popular. Listen, he was he was a congressman over there for 10 years. So also, he's not a slouch. You know, he knows the area. He is well known in the area. Um, But he was beaten by George Santos by by nine points, I think. Yeah. Um, Which means that 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 district is uh, that district, by the way, Went for Biden by I think eight points, so there was like a big swing. In that but, but there
0: was the Lee Zeldin um, wave, you know. That was, that was really the anti-Holcomb vote, you know. That that brought a lot of people that out.
1: The, that was the absolutely with the anti-Holcomb vote. Um, it was a big red wave in New York. I don't know what the rest of the country is doing, but New York and Florida got a big red wave in in uh, in twenty twenty two, and uh, and so Swazi was out. George Santos was in. George Santos went as far of a cliff dive as I've ever seen in terms of falling from grace. Um, Cause they loved him. Uh, 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 people loved him when he won, you know, you win, you, you, you know, go big. Uh, but then all the stuff came out about him um, <laughs> and uh, you know, it's, um, it's, it's been rehashed. I'm not going to rehash it again, but uh, you know, that's done. Swazi's making another run for it, but he is going up against uh, literally a fighter. Um, yeah. And we are very lucky to have her. We're very lucky to have Mozzie as uh, a. That's amazing. For, and I assume uh, even if she wins, there, yeah.
0: she runs again in November. Is that how that works?
1: Yeah. And we got another problem in New York because they're redistricting. Again. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Tell us so, about that. So the. Unbelievable. So, so
1: the I think. It was, yeah. They I never give up. The Supreme Court, The court of appeals. They never give up anything to rig so, it. I, <laughs> They just gave the Democrats basically carte blanche to, to redraw the lines as they want. Now, I don't know if anyone remembers, but when they redrew the lines in 22, the Democrats put out a map. The map was so horrific, so horrendous that the GOP sued and won in the state of New York. But the ruling that was made to redraw it again, when they redrew it again, they, it was a much friendlier map. So now of the 26 seats, seven are Republican. God forbid they have, a you know, more than seven seats in, in, uh, in New York going to, uh, the Republicans. But when the ruling came down, they said this is basically just for 2022 and we're going to redraw it for 2024. And then that was an appeal and that was an appeal. And, you know, I think that the GOP is appealing it again because it's, it's straight up gerrymandering. Um, and uh, I don't know if it's going to go to the Supreme Court. I'm not. Uh, I'm not hooked into the details of that case. But uh, hopefully, you know, the Democrats do not have a, a blank check to rewrite, redraw the lines in New York.
0: All right. Let's, uh, so
1: we don't know what's going to happen in November. But let's focus on now.
0: I'm scared. Yeah, this majority slim, and I'm very nervous. But uh, and yeah, let's focus on the now. I like that. But um, let's do some rapid fire stuff here on the primer before we go. Uh, you, you and I have been predicting forever that Trump was a shoo-in to win the, the primaries, and I think now it's pretty much a foregone conclusion. I don't think anybody disputes it. It was so obvious. I mean, the man has so much, so much support and loyalty in the Republican Party. Uh, who's Trump's going to pick? Who, who's he going to pick as a running mate?
1: Oh, man. You know who he's not going to pick? He's not yep. going to pick Tucker Carlson. I don't care what <laughs> not, He's not says. picking
0: Tucker. He's not picking Vivek. He's certainly not picking he's Nikki. He's not
1: picking Vivek. So, yeah. He's not picking Nikki. I, he's not picking Ted. He's not picking Pence. He's not picking. So you know, I don't even think he knows who he's going to pick. Um, you know, I don't. I wouldn't say Tim Scott is off the table. Um, Tim Scott's probably on the table over there. Um, you know, uh, let's see. I'll tell you, you my you, thought. You put me on the spot. I'll here. tell you my thought. What's Your thought, what do Kevin, you got? Kevin what
0: do you McCarthy. Got? McCarthy's lobbying for it. McCarthy left Congress. He says, I'm endorsing Trump. Would I be in his cabinet? I'd be in his cabinet. Sure. Why not? McCarthy, he's pushing. He's always been very tight. He he never, ever wavered. He's one of the few. Trump needs a loyal puppy. That's what he needs as a running mate. That's my that's my prediction.
1: Well, it's an interesting thing because, uh, you know, you got the Matt Gates wing of the party who's not going to vote against Trump. But then if you bring in Kevin McCarthy, you bring in another you bring in, that's an interesting. You thought. give a I lot like of it. credibility
0: like to the ticket. Yeah. And I think McCarthy, I think he's behind the scenes pushing hard. And I think he's going to raise Trump a ton of money because that's what McCarthy does. McCarthy's a money. Uh, he's he's a money magnet. Uh, will Biden be the candidate next November?
1: You know, barring any act of God. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. It, barring it, that. It, it, right. I if mean, things
0: go. Okay. I I I'm not convinced. You know, I you know, I uh I I think the party's going to start to put a lot of pressure. They're planting the seeds. His age, the polls, you know, the the suddenly the border, they're, they're they're getting nervous about the border. Democrats they didn't care about for 3. I'm I'm just not sure. I you know, I think they're grooming Newsom, so but I know it would be I a, don't know a, a, a unconventional. How,
1: I don't know how they transition to a different candidate without utter chaos because If Biden drops out, he's going to have to endorse somebody. He can't just drop out and say have at it. So it's going to be – so now you have Kamala, who is the vice president. There's no way she drops out unless everyone – unless the Democratic Party lines up behind Newsom and Kamala takes a backseat to Newsom and, um, and Biden endorses Newsom and Obama comes out for Newsom and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I don't see how he drops out because it'll be too much chaos for them. That's a good point. The problem, the problem is, and this is a, a point, I'm going to steal this from Ben Shapiro, a rough agon, um, the, uh <laughs> Shlita. The, I do it, Shlita. Um, that they said, why? So these two candidates who are very old. Very unpopular with many people. I'm not going to, I listen, Trump, I'll vote for him when he, when it comes out, when he gets the nomination. I'm a DeSantis guy personally. Um, You know, I would rather see DeSantis as a nominee. I know it's not going to happen, but, uh, you know, you have, I think it said 70 something percent of people say not, they don't want either of these guys, Biden or Trump, to be the candidates. But how did they get to be the candidates? Well, Biden's a candidate because the Democratic uh, party leaders are in charge. And Trump is the candidate because the Republican Party leaders are not in charge. So, so if the Democrat Party <laughs> leaders, the very the, Dem- the Democrats are a very disciplined party, a very very disciplined party, and so uh, if they get oh, together yeah. and 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 they say, "Listen, we're going to drop Biden. Biden's out. He's going to endorse uh, Newsom." Sorry, uh, Kamala, you're too unpopular. Uh, it's not going to happen for you. You know, they may do it. They may do that, but it's, if it's going to be done, it's going to be done in a very deliberate way. It is going to be done in a very undemocratic way. The democratic party is the least democratic, uh, small D democratic, uh, as you can imagine, you know, they have the super delegate system and they have this, they're not going to have a primary in which people get to vote on their candidate. It's not going to happen. They don't do that. OK, they're going to have the party bosses are going to decide what they want to do um, right now. It seems like they're sticking with Biden.
0: Another great analysis, you know, unlike the Republicans who like whoever screams the loudest wins. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're right. The Democrats. Yeah. I mean, it is true. They're very and I'm jealous of this part that. They are very organized, very deliberate. And they and they do you know, they coordinate like they do follow the, the, the leader. So, uh, you know, knowing uh, which stuff to steal. It, it takes just as much talent as coming up with your own analysis. So great job there. Fair enough. That's Gay. That's so, right. So <laughs> <because of President laughs> you know the plagiarist, unbelievable. Oh, she could be an anti No yeah, problem. Oh, she's a plagiarist. She's a plagiarist. we got to get her removed. Yeah. Okay. All right, we'll leave it there. motion It's <laughs> yeah. it's gave him um, credit. It's been way, way, way too long, and speaking to you has reminded me of why, because a few times I thought, I've got to get in touch with Moshe, and like, it's so much fun, but also refreshing and so out of the box. But you're so on point, on target every single every single issue. So uh, wow, we love you and uh, miss you. We got to do this I again soon. It. But uh, it's been it's been a real pleasure. And uh, anything you want to plug?
1: Oh, you know, I got my website at view dot com. Of course, I'm in the Queens Jewer Slink every week um, and you Twitter. Know, I've very or X. Uh, I'm on Twitter uh, X X. Yeah, Hill with View. Um, you know, I, uh, I've unsuccessfully, I don't have the discipline to do what you do, you know, be consistent with my show. But uh, if I ever get that back up, I'll, uh, I'll okay. play it again. The but, uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> the always,
1: we'll, we'll,
0: yeah, yeah, <laughs> Go ahead. no, no, I'm, I'm, we're about to close it out here. So what was your last <laughs>
1: No, no, I want to I want to I wanna come back on, you know, we'll do this
0: again soon. Oh, please. Anytime you see it, you text me and it's like, all right, we'll set, we'll set it up. The always fun, but extremely brilliant and entertaining political columnist Moshe Hill on the Aquavam show on the VIN News podcast.